welcome to one cardinal, one cub, and one freaking beer. As you can see, I'm in the throes of a two-game losing streak to the Cardinals. So I have no enthusiasm. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Uh, welcome to One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer, episode 33, as JJ has shown us with his uh, uh, oh, yes. state-of-the-art graphics there. $50,000 $50, right there. Wow. Wow, that's very good. So uh, I want to do... Uh, start off by reminding you to like us on facebook follow us on twitter and you can contact us through one card one cup one beer at gmail.com please subscribe to our page by clicking at the bottom right hand of the screen i think it's down here somewhere uh, that's why i usually put an animated arrow on the uh uh channels because i things I like are always it. backwards so um and uh, you can support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com, look up one cardinal, one cup, and one beer. And you can support this tremendous show. Um, and we have some uh, advertising we're going to be investing in, uh, I guess, by, by June. So uh, we're excited about that. Uh, expanding our audience, which will be a, a tremendous thing. Um, I probably don't care. I mean, I care. We don't care, you know. But hey, we yeah. care. It's an ego thing for us. Yeah. And uh, I, I do, I do have the game, uh, right here to my right, the Cardinal Cup game, on silence, which is good because I don't have to listen to Boo Shiambi, who uh, does our uh, play-by-play. And I'm not, you know, we also we have a three-man booth tonight. Like I said, you never know what's going to pop up in the Cubs games with Marquee. And Joe Girardi is in the booth. I don't like him in the booth. Oh, I'm just good. No. I, I just, yeah, Goldschmidt just got a hit with one out. By the way, uh, we are pitching Justin Steele tonight, uh, who has a 1.45 ERA and is 5-0. and So if we're going to break this streak, uh, we need a good game by Steele. And uh, so with one out, he just gave up a hit to Goldschmidt. I'm excited to see this kid. I've heard a lot about him. I've heard you talk about him. I'm excited to see him. I just love good baseball. So this ought to be a pretty good game. Two pitches, a fastball and a slider. He doesn't throw hard either, but he throws from an arm slot from the left side. The players just have a hard time picking it up. Uh, Contreras just flied out to left field. I can't do a play-by-play, -play, man. So. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. So anyway... JJ, how are you doing? You've got to be you've got to be doing better than you were last week. You've well, doing three in a row now. Yeah, uh, you know, I, everything that could go wrong has. It's been crazy year. Uh, just when you think we're down in the dumps and controversy and the teams in disarray, we win three in a row. Uh, you know, it's springtime, and I don't know about you, Vince, but I, I'm a nurse and I work a couple of jobs, and a lot of people have had a lot of sinus problems. A lot of seasonal allergies, and it's been rough. This has been a really rough day for me. Uh, headaches, things like that. We've got a lot of people we're sending out to the emergency room. It's just been, it's been this this spring. It's been rough. Everybody comes out in the morning, and you got all that pollen on your car. It's been pretty rough. So I don't know. Maybe that's what's going on with the Cardinals. A lot of twenty four guys with seasonal allergies. Maybe that's what's going on. But. Uh, it's been a crazy week. We had a press conference at the end of last week, and everybody was excited. Oh, this is when Otani's coming to St. Louis. Something big's going to happen. Well, 
we got a patch for our uniform. Stifle has this company yeah, has uh, sponsored the team. We got a sponsor. So that's nice for the Cardinals. I guess some extra money that they can tell the fans that they're going to spend and just seems to disappear or something. But we'll see. We got it. So we got a patch on uniform. We got the Nike patch. We got the Stifle patch now. A lot of transition uh, actions this week. They're just trying to find the right formula. We come off that floor, uh, California trip, the West Coast trip, and we were two and eight. And uh, Detroit was coming to town. Uh, through the week, though, we called up Juan Yepes, and a lot of fans are excited about that. He was the guy that was the last guy sent down in spring training. He's been doing very good in the uh, uh, in Memphis in the in the minors. So it was time for him to come up. And a kid named James Nail. And uh, I like this kid. He's a local kid. His baseball card says Cape Girardeau, but he's from somewhere, a smaller town in that area, maybe even Perryville, but he's from that area. And uh, uh, his family, I, every time I go to a game and he's on the team, they all show up and they all got their nails, shirts on and stuff. So let's see what this kid can do. And we put uh, Tyler O'Neill and Woodford, the pitcher, on the IR. Uh, so um, the make room... Uh, so that that's why we brought those guys up. We also announced that uh, Joaquin Rodriguez, the other big sign in, in the winter, uh, had season-ending surgery. This kid was playing down in the Mexico League, was did fantastic in the spring, was really looking forward to seeing him, but uh, he got hurt. And uh, anyway, we'll see him next year, and I hope he recovers and uh, and, and makes a speed recovery because he was looking very good this spring. Uh Wayno's back, and uh, you know he's the leader of the team. We've got. I he's think he's back three... and making noise. Yes, yes, he's making noise. I think there's three kind of leaders on your team. You got your intense, fiery players, and that's like Arenado and Contreras. And uh, I'll talk more about Contreras in a minute. I love Contreras. I'm so glad he's a part of our team, and I think most Cardinal fans agree we're glad he's here, and I'm glad it's him and no one else. And uh, you got the fiery guys. Well, then you also have the guys that are like the stoic guys, the guys that no matter what's going on, that it's even kill. And that's your uh, Goldschmidt. I can't tell if Goldschmidt hit a home run or he grounded out to second. He just, he's even killed the whole way. And I think Wayno's like that too. No matter what's going on, Wayno, he'll give you his best. And then you got your rah-rah guys. And that's like Lars Newton. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, Vince is the rah-rah guy on this show. But Lars Newbar is that kind of leader. And uh, I believe Donovan is, too. He goes wherever they ask him to play, and he gives you top-quality play wherever position he goes to. So, um, anyway, those are the type of guys, and I'm so glad Wayno's back. Um, the Cardinals sent down Taylor Motter, and we've had a lot of head-scratching moves this year and things happening. And Taylor Motter was one of them. A nice kid. He played good in the spring. But they called him up. They brought him up on the team, and they didn't even use him. And uh, I, we could have used a pitcher or something in that spot. So uh, I, nothing against Taylor Modder, but we didn't use him. And they sent him for um, uh, for assignment. So I, I believe that means they kind of let him go, doesn't it? If you just let yeah. him go for yeah, assignment. Yeah. yeah, I hope he I hope he finds a team and has a nice career. The Cardinals have been missing on a lot of our young players. You ever look around the league, a Bader has come back to the Yankees and lighted on fire. Sandy Acatra, Zach Gallen, I could go on and on. Uh, a Rosarina. Uh, so I hope, I hope he goes somewhere. But we brought up another catcher, Trey, Trace Barra. And uh, his wife had just had a child. They both had, they have a new 
baby, and he got called up. It's a good story. He's our third catcher, or I guess our second catcher now, and I'll get that to that in a minute. And Jojo Romero, uh, a bullpen pitcher, uh, was sent to the minors, and we brought Palante back up. So that's kind of the team right now. But everyone's talking about this controversy with, with Wilson Contreras where um, it came out that they're going to take him out of the catching spot and use him as a DH and an outfielder, possibly a backup first baseman. Um, I'm happy to have his bat in the team. I think he does a good job catching. Um, he blocks balls good. He's good at throwing the ball if somebody's trying to steal or pick him off first. Uh, his bat has been great. Uh, some of the things I just kind of noticed – about that is, um, first of all, it's tough to follow a legend. And Yadier Molina is one of the most popular players in Cardinal history. And I remember when Albert Pujols was here and he left, and it really broke our hearts when he left. But Matt Holliday was the big free agent we signed. And I I would hear the fans get on Matt Holliday. Yes, he was no Albert Pujols, but he was a very, very good player. And um, I just kind of hate to see uh, a, a very, very good player get treated like that. Um, I don't think all the Cardinal, first of all, the Cardinal fans, I think are fine with him, the majority of us. And I think his teammates are fine with him, the majority of the teammates. I think it's our management and our, in uh, the media. Uh, I've heard the media making all kinds of speculations about the Cardinals and Contreras. And um, on one of the stations, ESPN radio, they had Brad Osmus come on, and I think they wanted Osmus to agree with them. But Osmus was saying, no, you know what? If you if you got a player and something's going on, you know, uh, and the fans aren't dumb, they're going to know he's not catching. You, you put it out there in the open. I don't know if I would have handled it like that. I think the Cardinals should handle a lot of things in-house, and a lot of things are getting out, and the media is kind of running with it. As a fan, I love Contreras, and I think he's going to be catching sooner than later. I'm glad Wayno's back. He they had a meeting and he talked how happy he is to have him here and we love you. That's Wayno. Wayno's the kind of guy who puts his arm around you and tells you he loves you. Most guys, uh, you know, a lot of guys can't do that, but Wayno's just that kind of guy. He's a super nice guy. Um, Vince, I don't know how you feel about this, but we've had so many controversies this year, and here's some of them. This is just some of them this year that's went went through. I got a list of them here. Uh, in the spring training, Ollie got into it with a with the ump and wouldn't shake his hand. I don't know if it's the ump not shaking Ollie's hand or Ollie not shaking his hand, but when you're a manager, you've got to put stuff like that. That's small stuff. You've got to go out there and be the face of the team and, you know, be a, a sturdy person and not, you know, I, at a moment you can go out there and argue and make your point, but uh, that was odd. Then we had uh, the O'Neill controversy where he goes to the media and said he wasn't hustling. On that particular play, I think he didn't get a good jump, but O'Neill's been known as a hard worker. And uh, I don't see how that can be any kind of positivity at all right there. Jordan Walker, he was doing fine. They want him to go down there and work. They probably shouldn't have brought him up in the first place then if that's how they were feeling. They had all spring Yeah, they lost the year of service time by bringing him up. If, if so, you're going to send him down within a few weeks, that was, from a from a business perspective, that was boneheaded. I agree. I, I agree. And I wish he was here. Uh, we do have too many players I, we knew that in the wintertime, though, and uh, you can't play them all. So uh, I think with the Cardinals, when they traded to Rosarena, they kind of got gun shy with their with their uh, prospects. Like, gosh, what if we trade this guy and he becomes something great? And so That's now they've point. got this 
collection of players who are not there's some talent there but you're not going to figure out how good they are because there's too many there to for everybody to get enough of bats so it's you know it if i was management i would have in spring training made a trade with a couple of these pieces and brought a player back who i thought could help us somewhere maybe in the pitching staff or or somewhere but yeah they they seem to be just gun shy on making any kind of a trade with their prospects because look at a Rosarena. We don't want that to happen again. No. Now, Libertor was the piece, and I still think that remains to be seen. Right now, it looks like a one-sided deal, but uh, Libertor's had a very good year this year, and uh, maybe one day he'll be a big part of this team. But right now, Rosarena's on the best team in baseball and tearing it up. So, oh, man. But yeah, things but like that. That's baseball. Let me jump in on Contreras because I've sure. watched him since 2016. Yeah. Um, he's a terrible pitch framer. And one of the things that the Cubs always talked about is when we get the ro ro robotic umpiring for balls and strikes, that's going out the window. Pitchers do not like throwing to a guy who does not frame well because you're going to lose maybe four or five strikes a game because and pitch framing is like this. Let's say, let's say the, the edge of Fergie Jenkins is, you know, that's the batter's box. I'm a catcher. I catch the ball here, but I, you frame it, kind of turn your hand or something to get it in the strike zone to fool the umpire. What Contreras does, Contreras, it, he's, he doesn't frame well. If the ball's out here, he might catch it and the hand goes out there. So pitchers don't like throwing to a, to a person like that. With uh, um, the Cardinal staff is a lot like the Cubs staff. There's no Verlander. There's no Alcantara. There's nobody here that is, that is going to strike out uh, 12 batters per nine innings. It's just not like that so every out is precious every strike is precious every pitch is precious so we last year we had started weaning Contreras off catching quite a bit with the DH and he was DHing and Jan Gomes was doing a lot of our catching we are doing much better with a defense first catcher now from the Cardinals' perspective, I don't work for the Cubs. I don't have any special intel. The Cardinals knew he was a terrible pitch framer. They knew that. They knew that his reputation is the pitchers don't like don't like pitching to him because of that. Nothing personal. And another thing, there is the rumor that he likes to go off script as far as the game plan with the pitchers. I don't know if that's true, but what I can see with my eyes is he's a terrible pitch framers and pitchers get a little frustrated when, when, when they have to throw to that. The Cardinals, since, since Daryl Porter, Daryl Porter, Tony Pena, um, Mike Lavalier, uh, Tom Nieto, Mike Matheny, Yadier Molina, for 40 years, they have had defensive first catchers. Pagnazzi. Pagnazzi, yeah. When 
when the Cardinals made this signing, I didn't get on here and say, this is a stupid signing by the Cardinals. Why would, because I don't want to look like that cup fan that is, that is just ragging on the Cardinals. You know, I, it was, but it was a head scratcher. Max and I've talked about, you know, other cup fans talk about on, on the boards. It was a head scratcher. Why would they go for an, uh, an offensive catcher when the Cardinals have a pretty good offense to begin with, why not get a defensive catcher to handle that pitching staff that's not going to be blowing the ball by people? It didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think some of the motivation to sign him was that he was a Cub. Now, is he worth so. the contract? I think as bad is. I think you throw him in left field or DH or back up first, just rotate, have him catch a couple games a week with a pitcher that's more comfortable with him, he's definitely worth that contract, but he's an offensive catcher. You had Yachty and his ilk for 40 years, but what you went with in free agency was Ted Simmons because Simmons was not a good defensive catcher. He was an offensive catcher. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just seemed like a little bit of a head scratcher when it happened why did they get an offensive catcher when they've had this rich history for the past 40 years when they've had this great success of defense versus catchers? Now, my dad texts me. It's like, did the Cardinals, were they the only team in Major League Baseball who didn't know that he couldn't pitch frame? Because suddenly they're acting like, oh, my goodness. This guy, this guy's terrible with the pitching staff. I, th that is another head scratcher for the Cardinals that goes along with uh, the O'Neill thing, calling him out to the press, sending Jordan Walker down when he hadn't, didn't deserve a demotion. No. Um, Zach Thompson, uh, our, one of our best relievers. They yeah, it's, keep it's, there's yeah. just some things I'm like, what are they doing? And, you know, I don't, I, people may think I want the Cardinals to finish and last every year. I, I don't want that. I want the Cubs to win the world series every year whatever the cardinals do that's fine okay if they finish in second place and we beat them in the playoffs okay that's great with me i just want the cubs to win the world series every year um and i think that most cardinal fans um will side with the players yeah in something like this they haven't had to make this choice over the past 40 years with La Russa and, and well, Ori, you know, whatever. But um, but in this case, this instance, they are definitely siding with the player. And I don't blame the Cardinal fans because management is just being different than it ever has been in St. Louis. So that's my two cents, but I gave you the, $10 version of my two cents. There you go. Vince, thank I, you. Well, I want to say this. <clears throat> Contreras, he, he's an emotional guy, but yeah. he will not take this on the field. That is not him. When he's between the lines, he's all business and he's going to give 100%. So you're not going to see him dogging it because, oh gosh, I'm not catching. That's just not what he's built like. He, he is, now, if it comes time, contracts in the Cardinals want to resign him they'll probably remember this but um he's going to play his heart out for the rest of this contract and be what he is and yeah he's been in the league since 2016 he is what he is now 
um, he's not suddenly going to become a great pitch framer. That he is who he is. So I don't know why they're saying, well, you know, he may start getting back into the catching role. Why are you, are you teach are you sending him to pitch framing school? It, it's it's a skill. I, I so anyway. You, you've been very kind, Vince, and Proceed. I appreciate. I no, I I appreciate your kind words and your input. You've been you said that in the winter time. You said that exact same thing back in the winter time. So it's not a, a surprise. Um, I think we just have a young team. The Cardinals are actually a very young team, and uh, they strike out too much. They don't walk enough, and there's a lot of holes in that lineup. There's a lot of prospects. I think a lot of them are going to be very, very good. But right now, I think we got him to go with Goldie and Arenado and have a, like a core right there. That's the the middle, the, the strength of our lineup. We've been well, making some odd choices. Oh, go ahead, Vince. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, the rumor is that that I've heard that a couple of the pitchers approach management that they don't like throwing to him. And I, I, I get that. Um, however, this should have been something once again, that I felt like should have been handled in house. Exactly. Um, to, to just make the announcement. This is, this isn't our catcher anymore. Just a few months after signing him to this $90 million contract. It's like, I, it's it's it's, it's head scratcher. Scratcher. yeah <laughs> well when he came in that day i don't think he knew this other catcher had been caught up uh called up so it's like what's going on here you know and i don't know do you you know like anytime the packers would make a move i think they talk to aaron Rodgers. i think in the nfl that's how they do it i don't think major league baseball does that the, the owners or the management does what they want to do and you just adjust to it so but um it's been kind of weird with the Cardinals ever since we had Mike Schilt. And I thought Mike Schilt did a great job. He was a good baseball man. And I can't believe he's still not managing. I, I can't either. He won 17. We won 17 games in a row. There must have been some kind of philosophy difference, but it must have been a big one because uh, they got rid of him. And he did nothing but win and make the playoffs every year. And the Cardinals defense is uh, we were best defensive team two years in a row. And this year we're not. We're in the middle, and the best defensive team in baseball is the San Diego Padres, and Mike Schilt is the third-base coach is, yeah. of the San Diego Padres. So, Mike Schilt, we love you. I, gosh, I don't know what happened. But ever since then, it's been real peculiar things going on. Um, let's see. I had I wrote some notes down. Um, anyway, you, you said it. Uh, somebody in management must be leaking this information to the media about them certain players flarity and a few of them coming in and prefer not to pitch to him um how uh you know i because I, I know they're not having press conferences discussing this or after the game or anything uh so the media is kind of running with it a little bit i think between the team and the fans i mean some fans get upset if, if you give them a hundred dollar bill they'd want 110 dollars. but for the most of us we're we're going to be okay and losing uh, didn't help things. I think teams, people started panicking and everything, blaming. They want to have somebody to blame, and it, we were just playing terrible baseball in all aspects of the game. So that brings me to this week's games, Vince. Let's get to happier things. Um, we were playing we, on Thursday. We had our last game against the Angels, and they beat us eleven to seven. And Jack Flaherty, 
had another terrible game. He only went two and a third, 10 earned runs, three Ks and one walk, and his ERA is 6-2-9. And he, I'll get to him a little bit later. They asked him a question last night after a Cardinal win, and he, he kind of made everything about himself. Um, Cardinal fans have been kind of 50-50 on Jack. He does have – he's a very talented player. Uh, sometimes I think he uh, likes to go on about his – and he's free to his political beliefs or certain things – uh, he's made a uh, note that uh, he probably wasn't going to resign with St. Louis. And that's not really a good way to win over the fan base. It's making hints that you can't wait to get out of this town. So I, Jack Flaherty, I love watching him pitch. I don't like, you know, that's about it. And I wish him all the best. We need him to be the ace of the team, but uh, he hasn't pitched very good. Um, we were losing 11 to two and the Cardinals did come back and lose the game 11 to seven. Now that's not much to hang your hat on, but I like the teams fighting with the teams doing so bad. You could just sit there. Oh, we're down 11 to two, just kind of mail it in, but they kept uh, playing hard. They, our defense had three double plays. We did make an error. Tommy Edmond made a, an error and Tommy Edmond hasn't been playing quite as much here lately. And I agree. You got to play your best team out there. And I love Tommy Edmond as a player. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, uh, Goldie went two for five. He got his 12th double. He's hit 300. Tommy Edmond is hitting, though. He went two for four, hit his fifth home run. He got the three RBIs. And Contreras went two for four, and he's just been hitting the daylights out of the ball. And our bullpen went six and two-thirds and uh, did not give up an earned run. So that's pretty good. And we ended that road trip at two and eight, and it was just oh, glad to come home to St. Louis. And we got the Detroit Tigers. Now, I tell you what, I like the Tigers. They're a team about on our level i wanted to see what we're made of and the sad things kept happening uh with the tigers though i wanted to see miguel cabrera what a great player he's on his last hurrah he's making his like farewell tour um uh javi baez uh the old cub older player he's on that team a kid named adu uh spencer torkelson and Matthew boyd so they got some good players i really wanted to see and uh so we're back in town. We're 10 and 22. It's Boyd versus Montgomery. Um, a very good game. Uh, Montgomery and Boyd both had quality starts. And uh, the Tigers end up winning five to four. Uh, Kisner did hit a home run. And it may be Kisner playing because he hit every level of minor leagues he hit. He just hasn't hit in the pros. So maybe if he gets to play some, he'll hit better because he's only like a 210 hitter. And uh I'll get to him at the end of this. I'll kind of go what he's doing because he has picked up his hitting and his defense has been very good. And the pitchers seem to be fine. Or Nothing's got leaked to the media. Let me put it that way. Um, in that game, uh, Goldie got three more hits. Arenado, who's been, I, I think he's just pushing too hard. He's a, a great player to have. And he's just only hitting about 250. He did get two hits in that game. Uh, he's hitting 242 after that game. And uh, Newbar got two hits. And Newbar's been a very good player for this year. I love his enthusiasm. But we lose five to four, and we start out the series again uh, with a loss. We have lost 11 home openers this year. And wow. I, look, I looked this up, and the last team to have 11 or more home open losses was the 1981 Kansas City Royals, who lost 13 uh, series openers. So uh, 0-11 on that. And uh, – I, that's a record I do not want to break. And uh, <laughs> and that game, we had lost our seventh straight game and we're five and two at home and three and 14 in our last 17 games. 
God, man, that's just maybe we'll go to the first round draft choice. Maybe we'll get the number one guy in the draft or something after this. So anyway, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, and, and so the next game, uh, Marmel and uh, McEwing get <laughs> tossed for arguing balls and strikes. Uh, Saturday's game was a 10 inning game, a six to five game. And the skid hits eight straight games. Wayno pitched, and you know what? He looked really good. He had one bad inning, and everything just kind of got out of control after that one inning. Uh, he went five innings, eight hits, four earned runs, and uh, five strikeouts. And uh, Gallegos took the loss. And Gallegos has been hit and miss this year. He's one and two at this point. And uh, there's times in the bullpen he looks like a closer. And Helsley's had some games like that, too. So I don't know. They've both been – uh, maybe two good outings, one bad outing kind of thing. So Gallegos lost that game. Home runs by Arenado, two RBIs. It's, Arenado might be heating up a little bit. Carlson got a home run with three RBIs. And uh, Paul DeYoung was 0 for 3, but he's hitting 333, and he got two walks and a strikeout, which is great because DeYoung, the last two or three years, has been striking out a lot. It seems like he starts every at-bat 0-2. So he is walking. His approach looks better, and his at-bats are better. Um but uh, anyway, that's another loss. I could go on and on about that. There was a play of the game. Newbar took the game to extra innings. There was a ball hit down the right field line. Newbar comes on a dead sprint, catches the ball in foul territory, plants one foot, and throws a bullet to home plate and gets the runner by before he goes into his slide. So that was a really good to see. And Newbar's been playing good defense hitting. And you wouldn't know we're a losing team with the way that guy's out there playing and busting his butt every day. So Sunday – we uh, were 10 and 24. We're 10 games out. and But this game's the, the Paul Goldschmidt game. Yes, it was a team effort, but Paul Goldschmidt came up big in this one. It's Matt's versus a guy named Frito. And the Cardinals jump out to a 3 nothing lead. We go back and forth. And then um, they score a run in the fourth. And they get five runs in the sixth. And, you know, you're thinking, here we go again. The Cardinals always seem to find a way to lose. But in the bottom of the sixth, we score seven runs, and there was a moment in that inning where we had a man on first who reached an error, and Contreras comes up, and he had a 13-pitch at bat, and he was down 0-2, and he battled and battled and battled and got it up to 3-2. and He did finally strike out, but 13-pitch at bat, and it seemed like right after that, the floodgates opened, and we scored seven runs in that inning, and Contreras was a big reason. that When you take a pitcher to nine or more pitches in a bat, I mean, that's a tenth of his pitches for the whole game. So uh, that he, oh, he got in there and just battled. They'd come in on him and he fouled off his fist. Uh, it was, I love that. That's good classic baseball stuff right there. Um, so I'm giving Contreras a lot of love on that one. Uh, but uh, our bullpen was uh, four and two thirds, no runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, the Sunday game. Here we go. Goldie went four for five with four RBIs. That was his 20th RBI, three home runs, and he had a stolen base, his fourth of the year. And he's up to 321. Uh, Donovan, two for three, and Kisner, two for four. And uh, we break the losing streak. Oh, that, that felt pretty good. And we're 11 and 24 and still 10 games out. But we got to win. Maybe maybe something good's going to come up. And now we got the Cubs. Um we go out to Chicago. Um, I love Wrigley Field. The, the 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 vines haven't aren't green yet and really plush, but you can tell they're starting to form up there. In summer, everything's going to be looking good. Uh, it was a bad night. It was rainy and the wind was blowing in. You you would have to crash a home run to get it out of there that night. Um, 
Let's see. It was Michaelis versus Strowman. And when Contreras came up, I give the Cubs a lot of credit. The catcher went out in front of the, the base, kind of stalled for time. Contreras could wave to the fans, all that good stuff. I, I just love that in baseball. Um, let's see. Uh, it was one and one. We had one run. You had run, run through five innings. And the, the Cardinals score one in the sixth and one in the eighth. And we win the game three to one. We had six hits. The Cubs had eight. Um, and uh, really, that was a Contreras game. He was involved in every single run, either knocking the run in or scoring the run. Um, there was a play where Wisdom looked like he didn't quite make up his mind if he wanted to come home or go to second for the double play. And Contreras legged out the, du- the, the double play and the run scored, making it three to one. And we needed all the insurance runs we could that night. And uh, the bullpen again comes through. Cabrera, Hicks, and Helsley go four and two-thirds. No runs and three walks and three strikeouts. And uh, you guys have uh, Nico Horner. It looked like he might have got hurt running between second and third. Yeah, he uh, he's uh, tweaked a hammy. Um, he's not in there again tonight. Uh, they said he had spikes on last night, so I guess he, he's available. They haven't IL'd him. Well, day-to-day. Uh, so, yeah, day-to-day thing. Um, so... Uh, once again, Madrigal's the second tonight. So, Arenado was out with uh, neck stiffness in that game, and uh, Nolan Gorman, who is actually a third baseman, played that day and did a very, very good job. Um, so anyway, we won that game and we won two in a row. And uh, so then Vince, we're going to Tuesday. I don't want to go too long because I know you're going to talk about these games too. But I, I wanted to. I have nothing to say about Monday's game, but I'll <laughs> jump in here on Tuesday's game. <laughs> The Tuesday game, I want to say something. I love watching the Cubs. They're very enthusiastic. I haven't seen them this, uh, it almost looks like a college team. Man, they're out there cheering each other on. They're they're hustling. Uh, there's just a, an air of excitement to this to your team, and I, I really enjoy watching them play. I want to get, uh, tonight, I just want to get this win and get the heck out of there before they start getting hot again. Uh, but anyway, uh, both games, I think, have been very competitive. I may not say that if we had come up on the losing end. <laughs> the, it was uh, Flaherty versus Italian, and both pitchers, you know, have had some more downs than ups this year. Um, Italian was gone after two and two thirds. Flaherty did go five innings, um, and his ERA is six point one eight. I just don't know. He's lost, and he can't blame this one on Contreras. Uh, well, concerning Tyone. Um, it's a second start after uh, being disabled. He was on a 65 pitch count. I think he's a good one. I, I, I liked what some of his pitches looked like. The, the command wasn't there, though. Uh, two walks with the bases loaded, which is something that drives me nuts. I'd rather see a grand slam. Uh, go out and challenge someone. Don't throw a breaking ball off the pit, off the plate on his, you know, load the bases. But anyway, um, but concerning Flaherty, this is the first time I've seen Flaherty. Um, and, and it seems like since about 1974, <laughs> um, geez, there is nothing on the ball. I, 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 I mean, I kind of feel sorry for the guy because you can tell that the injuries have definitely changed him from a dominant pitcher to a very below average pitcher. So I thought maybe, you know, cause like the first outing he had a no hitter, but he walked like seven people. I thought, well, you know, stuff's gotta be there. But watching the stuff, it was like, wow. Um, he resembled absolutely nothing like 
uh, he did this heyday. So I kind of kind of feel bad for the guy. But anyway, proceed. <laughs> well, sometimes when those uh, fireballers lose some speed off their fastball, they never really learn to pitch. Uh, Tim Lincecum comes to mind. He used to throw the ball past people. But then when his velocity started coming down, they just hit him. Adam Wainwright used to be a, a fireballer, and he learned to pitch, moving in and out, up and down, curveball in there. So um, I hope he finds his stuff. This was supposed to be – this is the end of his contract. This was the year I truly believe he thought he was going to make the Grom money or something, but uh, he's probably going to have to sign a one-year deal somewhere. Oh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to have to – sign a pillow contract somewhere mm -hmm. and, yeah and it, it will probably be for three to five million somewhere there and this was a guy who a few years ago you thought would be 15 to 20 million a year when he hits free agency well talk about good moves we didn't do one of those contracts where we pay him like for his you know earlier years or anything like that and i'm not laughing at him or anything i I hope I hope he I hope he finds himself comes back next year and he's been a big part of St. Louis and uh, I mean he's done so much he's had some good stretches for us but in that game the Cubs and the Cardinals both teams could have won this game but the Cubs uh, like you said er, we talked earlier they went one for seven with runners in scoring position they hit into yeah. a ton of double plays Four double uh, plays and then you walk uh, walk two runs in. Yeah. They had Flaherty on the ropes. They had us on the ropes. And we just, we get a double play and get out of it and stayed in the game. And then we had enough power. We got some home runs from DeYoung. And I, I'm so happy for him. He struggled for the last two years. Looks like I'm not counting my chickens or anything, but looks like he's <laughs> doing much better, much better. Uh, Nolan Gorman, I believe it was just his 23rd birthday today. And he's got eight home runs and he's just coming on. And Newt Bar, the pepper grinder himself, he hit a home run. And uh, Kisner is now up to 250. If he can hit 240, I'll be happy. He was a 210, 200 hitter. If he can hit 250 and catch like he's catching, I'll be happy. Um, and Carlson had one hit, and he's hitting 281. And Carlson, in some people's eyes, I think they wanted him to be a lot better player right coming right out. He's been a little slow to progress, but he's hitting 281 right now. And our bullpen, again, did a okay job. They held the fort, and we uh, – Gallegos got a second save, and now we have won three in a row, our longest winning streak of the of the year. And uh, we're eight games out, and if whoever wins tonight can move up a game. So if the Cardinals could possibly win tonight, I'm not saying we're going to. We could be seven games out after this disastrous beginning. So, Vince, that's my, uh, that's my take on Cardinals and some of the controversies and some of our transactions so far this year this week well, i'll give an update i don't know why i'm giving an update because everybody's going to know what happened by the time they see this but it's two to nothing cardinals right now uh oh. arenado drove in goldschmidt in the first and here in the third Contreras just drove in kinzer so um two to nothing and the cubs have once again loaded the bases and did not score so that's been we had the bases loaded twice last night and once today. Um, we just cannot get the big hit right oh, now. Man. But anyway, um, let, let me start with Cub news. Uh, as far as transactions go, um, on Thursday, uh, Tyon came off the uh, the injured list and uh, Estrada was sent down. And the next day on Friday, you'll notice we're not doing a Mervis 
Hosini segment because Mervis was called up. And uh, instead of DFAing Hosmer, which is what I wish they would do, uh, we sent Rios down. But why not? Rios, we wouldn't let him play much anyway. He looks like a good player, Vince. He looks pretty good. And then uh, on uh, Monday, uh, late Monday, uh, he played yesterday. Actually, at a home run yesterday. We called up Christopher Morrell, who is just raking in AAA. And we sent Nelson Velasco down. So... So we've got uh, Mervis and Morrell up, which uh, makes me happy. I feel, I thought both of them should have came north, um, but they didn't. Um, so we've had a we've had a rough week. We've went two and four. Uh, we started, we we had, and we're still in this stretch. The first third of the season is very tough. We've played very competitive, um, and then we got to Washington and. Yeah, you can see we're, we're, we're hitting our first real funk of the season. Um, we played uh, uh, Thursday or Wednesday when we were having our podcast uh, against the Nationals. We lost two to one. Um, Suzuki drove in a run. Uh, Stroman pitched good. Uh, six innings, only gave up one run. Uh, Alcelay gave up a run and got the loss. So uh, then Thursday, uh, day game against Washington, we lost four to three. And uh, um, Boxberger got the loss. Uh, so we, we leave Washington uh, one and two. And then we come home and we play the Marlins. And uh, I don't look at the Marlins as, oh my gosh, you know, this is a terrible team. This is a, this is a pretty good team. I like the way they've constructed this team. It's built on speed, and I think they're uh, I think they're really heading in the right direction. They're not going to make the playoffs this year because of the division they're in, but I think they could flirt with 500. But anyway, uh, we opened up the series against uh, Miami. And remember last week we asked what by Miami in Miami. We opened up the series, um, and we. Won four to one, half hit a home run. Uh, Justin Steele, who's pitching tonight for us, he pitched seven innings, gave up one earned run, and uh, he went to five and zero oh with a one point four five ERA. Uh, then on a Saturday, uh, we beat the Marlins again, two to or four to two. Um, Horner had a couple of hits. Uh, Madrigal had a two run double um, in the uh, eighth inning, as we scored three to win the game, and uh, Smiley. Uh, Started and did not pitch very well, but uh, Keegan Thompson came in, pitched three strong innings, and he got the win. So very, very happy that we took uh, the first two from the Marlins. And then Sunday's game is one of these games that I don't like. Uh, we played the Marlins on Sunday, and we went 14 innings, which you usually don't go 14 innings nowadays with the runner on. But every time they would score, we would score. And uh, basically – Wisniewski pitched great. He pitched six innings, only gave up a run. Um, and uh, Boxberg gave up the uh, gave up a run in the uh, the eighth. And uh, we were actually losing two to nothing going in the ninth. We scored two runs in the ninth, and we had all the momentum, but we just could not uh, outscore them. We lost five to four. Um, and then uh, Monday. We lost Tuesday. We lost. So that's that's what's uh, happened with the Cubs this week. Uh, the Cubs played the Cardinals. Uh, 
JJ did a thorough job talking about how they Thank just uh, took us to the woodshed both nights. And Oh, it was close games. It was good battles. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if it was, which team was better. It was which team wasn't quite as good as the other team. That's kind of how it was. We both had chances and uh, last man staying and we got it there. That was uh, I enjoyed the games. Baseball's ups and downs. It seems like if you win, you can't wait for tomorrow. If you're losing every day, you're like, oh, no, not again. Another one today. Well, th this series is a good gauge for the Cubs because despite the terrible record of the Cardinals, I still think they're the best team in the division. They may not win it because they went into such a tailspin, but the saving grace is that the Pirates quit winning, the Brewers quit winning, we quit winning. Nobody in the division was winning. So even though the Cardinals fell 10 games back, it's could have been a lot worse. So yeah. um, I think what, what this is showing us is, is we do need um, – we, we don't quite match up well with the Cardinals yet. And in case in point, um, Cardinals are getting people in scoring position and uh, – they will, you know, try try to drive, get the ball to right field. We got players who did that at the beginning of the year, and now we've kind of like too much free swinging. Uh, we need a little more discipline, and, you know, that will come as we, you know, mature and age and so on and so forth. Um, and last night's game was just kind of odd. Tyone, he's one of the best control pitchers in baseball, uh, his second start off the DL, um, he just didn't have the command. But I'm still pleased with where we are. Um, I I still think that when we hit the last two-thirds of the season, when our schedule gets much, I shouldn't say easier, but much more friendly, then uh, if we're going to make a run at a playoff spot, we could do that. Um, but we need to finish this third and not fall too many games behind. The Cardinals got a lot of firepower and a lot of experience. If any team can come back from a 10-game deficit at the beginning of May, it's the Cardinals. They, they can hop over teams. They I still think that they're the class of the division, so I have no problem with that. We're just not there. We have to, we have to play perfect baseball for us to beat the good teams, and that's what we did. Uh, for a couple weeks stretch when we were beating the Dodgers and the Padres and the Mariners and the Rangers and we're looking good. Those now are good teams. Yeah. Now we've kind of come to earth a little bit. So, but Vince, we were hitting a, we were a good hitting team. We we're one of the top five hitting teams. We just didn't score. We, we would leave. We get people in scoring position, third base, nobody out. We couldn't get them in. And now it seems like momentum and things have sort of changed a little for us. And that's just baseball. Sometimes you just go through stretches where you can't get the little things done and stuff. So, well, we're we're facing uh, in the next uh, week and a half. We're facing the same thing that you did. Um, you had your only three team long uh, road trip. Gosh. We will have our only one, and I think it starts next week. And uh, so, those those are hard. Be on oh, the road are. Long and, and and get some consistency going, and then you came home and played the Tigers, and immediately you had to go to Wrigley. So, it, it's not easy for it. <laughs> no, we need a long home stretch. The hey, do you want 
Do you want to talk about the best stories in baseball? You know, for the Vince, month of April? A, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You want to go back and forth? I'll do one. You do one. Uh, well, how many do you have? I, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I think I have eight people, eight things I want to bring up. I have seven. Okay. So you, you go first. So we'll start with you and end with you. How's that? Okay. I think the top story in baseball in the national league, I'm going to do the national league and, uh, uh, JJ will do the junior circuit. Um, is the Cardinals or the the Cardinals? The Pirates were twenty and nine in the month of April. Got to give it to them. March, April, couple games in March. Um, nobody saw that coming. I didn't see it coming. Did you see it coming? No. 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 Did Jesus see it coming? Jesus no. Said, no, I didn't see it coming. So surprise, nobody was coming. Um, almost as surprising is Arizona, which lost. Uh, what, like 175 games last year. Uh, they finished April tied for first with the Dodgers with a 16 and 13 record. So I thought it was a very exciting month of April to watch some of these teams get out of the blocks good that we wasn't expecting. Um, I throw the Tigers in there. They, they got out much better than most people anticipated. Uh, the Angels came out good. Um, and the uh, the Marlins uh, have come out good. And that's that's why I, I try to watch a couple of games. I don't always watch whole games, but I try to watch every team at least a couple of times during the year. And I try to do a lot of that at the beginning, beginning of the year because I want to see not just read the box. I wanna, how do how does the eye test look? And that's why I'm saying when when I've seen the uh, the Marlins, uh, I think five of the six games. The eye test is this team is good the way they've constructed it. So that's my that's my first top story. The top story in the National League are the teams that got out good that were big surprises. Well, in the American League, uh, the first story that really caught my eye was the Oakland A's uh, moving to Las Vegas. We talked about that probably two or three times, two or three episodes about, I don't know what's going on there. And you talked about going out there, the stadiums falling apart. They got possums in the walls. They've tried to work with the city for 20 years. They bought some land in Las Vegas. And uh, I feel bad for the fans of Oakland. They've lost their basketball team. They've lost the Raiders. Uh, but the Raiders moved a lot anyway. They they just pack up and leave every once in a while. They lost the Raiders. They got them back. They lost so they the lost Raiders. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but the Oakland team, uh, I know they've been, they wanted to get a new stadium. And for whatever reason, usually if a team is just making noise and just trying to get out of town. Uh, I remember Houston Oilers, one time they had a big press conference and they said, look, the fans didn't show up. Well, they didn't announce it. The fans didn't even know there was only like 20 people there. They wanted to make it look like they didn't have any support. So they ended up leaving. But Oakland, uh, I tell you what, as bad as they've been, they do have some loyal fans that show up. Not a whole lot. They're small but mighty. But uh, I hate when a team leaves. We've In my lifetime, we had the Montreal Expos leave and become the Washington Nationals. And, um, you know, the Expos, they had a lot of support up there. They just had a bad stadium. And I wish that could have worked out. But they did everything they could, and it just didn't work out. And now Oakland, same thing. And the politicians out there said, hey, they ran off on us, but it's they had plenty of time to work something out with them, and it didn't get worked out for whatever reason. And uh, I tell you what, uh, Oakland has, or the Athletics have been a team that's been on the move. I mean, it's only been four times in 120 years, but they were the Philadelphia A's from 1901 to 1954. 
Connie Mack, the great Connie Mack owner slash manager there. Then they were out in Kansas City, 55 to 67. And then they moved out to Oakland in 68 to 2023. And uh, Charlie O'Finley was the owner also in Kansas City. He's the one that moved them out yeah. to Oakland. So now it looks like they're going to go out to Las Vegas. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good base. Could be a very good baseball city. It'll be better than Oakland has been in the last few years. And that's my first story. Uh, good good for the A's. And I, I hope they keep the colors and the traditions and all that and really pay respect to the the past that's what i like about baseball yeah um big update here um the cardinals loaded the bases in the top of the third and couldn't score and oh. uh, we have scored three in the third highlighted by two run home run by patrick wisdom against his former organization so oh. we're up three to two right now um a lot of baseball left okay i hate to bring this up but the second biggest story is the Cardinals record in April, 10 and 19. Nobody saw that coming. Um, although maybe we should have had a premonition that things were going awry with the O'Neill thing and with the uh, uh, Jordan Walker thing. Oh, what? Yeah, Walker. But um, my problem is I have a hard time watching Cardinal games. How am I watching the game now? Because I I went ahead and got a VPN and my computer thinks that I'm located or <laughs> they think I'm in Copenhagen or somewhere. But oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um so this is this is the first time I've been able to watch the Cardinals was was last night. And um uh 10 and 19 with all that talent, it 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 was reminiscent of it's not the same thing. Do you remember in 88 when the Orioles started off like 0-22? Yes, they fired Cal Ripken Sr. Yeah, and that, that was that was not a wretched team. They had Cal Ripken Jr. Um actually, who else did they have? They had they had they had players. They had enough players that the next year they almost made the playoffs. They almost won that division. They were in it till the last week. It was just a freak thing that they they couldn't win getting out of the blocks and it's reminiscent uh the cardinals uh month of april kind of reminds me of that it's just an anomaly uh there's too much talent for this team to be that far under 500 at any point but the good thing is they're that far under 500 after april and they've got any time to make up for it in a weak division so i think that's that's my second greatest story and uh, proceed. All right. I'm well, really excited about my third favorite story. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well my, well, my second one is uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they're 27 and seven at the time. Looking good. They're 18 and three at home and nine and four away. So they've had a lot of home games. Um, they're, they got a five game lead over the Baltimore Orioles, which is kind of a surprise. But not that Baltimore's not a good team, but that. Where's the Red Sox? Where's the Yankees? They're fourth and fifth. The Yankees Truck. are in the basement. <laughs> I was going to talk about them in a minute. But yeah, they're <laughs> <He's> so happy. <laughs> they talk so much smack. They're number one in hitting and number one in pitching. They've got the number one batting average in the American League. Uh, home runs, number one. Stolen bases, number two with 32. And their ERA, their whip, and the, the lowest amount of home runs in the American League. They're number one in every category. 
Uh, fielding, they're number seven. Uh, Houston Astros are number one in fielding. Uh, just something else. They've got uh, 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 they got Wandy Franco playing great. A, sh- a kid, Shane McClanahan, who I think I mentioned once before, but he's six and zero, oh, and with a two point oh three ERA, um, he's got. Uh, he's just doing really good kevin cash has to be applauded he's been over there since 2015 and uh since 2018 they've been one of the best teams in the american league if not the best team in the american league record wise at the end of the year very good team uh i always compare in my lifetime the best team i ever seen play was as far as winning and just annihilating everybody was the 84 detroit tigers and at the end of april tampa bay's only two games behind them at that at the pace they're on so um Look out, Tampa Bay looks like they're for real. Thing is, I love them because they didn't go out and get all the free agents. They made trades. They brought guys up out of the minors, and they're strong in every aspect of the game. So if you get a chance, watch them. I've only seen one game they played this year, but they're exciting to watch. And uh, that's my second story. I I hope they finally win the World Series this year. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, they they need a new field. They they absolutely do. Um, I I was reading uh, one guy who said that he went to his first Rays game last week, and he left in the third inning, went to his hotel and watched the rest of the game on TV because oh. it was such a bad experience to watch. And, and I watched I watched games in the uh, the Metrodome in Minnesota, and that was a weird experience. So I, I kind of get where he's coming from. And you've watched games in the Kingdom, which oh yeah. Of, the same drabness to it. So, I don't know if you heard today, but uh, Orlando is building a multi-sport facility, and they're trying to lure an expansion team to uh, Orlando, and maybe Tampa Bay could go up there and still be the Florida Rays or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. My third story is Louise Arise who in April hit 427, and he he's still well above 400. I think last time I saw he was flirting with 430. I saw him because we've had two series against the, uh, the Marlins, and we can't get him out. We always thought that, like, Schwarber's going to benefit the most in the league from the shift, uh, ban, whatever. No. This guy has benefited because... You, he he can spray the ball wherever he wants. And so being everybody's not bunched up on one side or another, there are just so many holes that he can find. He is a Tony Gwynn. That, that's what he is. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs. But, man, he's going to put the ball in play, line drives, uh, uh, one hoppers in the infield uh, going through the hole. Just a lot of fun to watch. Just kind of, kind of like takes me back to whenever I was growing up. Those, those great contact hitters, who, who had enough bat control, they could just hit the holes. Tony Gwynn, Pete Rose, people like that. And uh, I, I, I didn't. I watched him a couple times last year when I watched a Twins game, and he won the batting title. But he only hit like three sixteen for the Twins. Won the batting title. Um, what I see now. I don't think he's going to hit 400, but boy, I think, I think he's going to, he's got a chance to hit North of 350 and, uh, and he's a fun player to watch. You can tell he just loves to play the game. So um, too bad. Nobody in Miami is watching him because he is a special player. 
I, I discovered him personally at the All-Star game last year. He was over there when Albert was in the home run derby and it was all the a lot of the Hispanic players, they were rooting Albert on. And I was like, who's that guy? And that's who it was. They ended up winning the batting title. I started looking up stats. I don't think there's ever been a guy when a lot of people went back-to-back batting titles, but not on two different teams and in two different leagues. So we could see something pretty special this year. That'd be kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Well, Vince, the third story I have is the New York Yankees. <laughs> Take that, Yankee fans. Now, they're good. But they've had a lot of injuries this year. The judge who carried the team last year was out for – he had a bad slide in the third base. I think messed up his back a little bit. Bader was out. They had a lot of guys out. Uh, Saravino, uh, Staten always seems to get hurt. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of guys uh, on the DL. And um, i tell you what, they've got a young kid at shortstop who's like the next coming of Derek Jeter. His name is Anthony Vallapi. Uh, and uh, but he's only hitting 221 right now. But you know, there's always growing pains. And I know Mike Trout wasn't Mike Trout the first year he came up, but this is nothing to be gloomy about. They're 18 and 16. It's not that they're really bad, but they are nine games back because Tampa Bay is so red hot. And um, but the run differential is only a plus four. So, uh, you know, it's early. I'm sure they're going to be there in the end, but there's going to be a lot of competition. You got the division winners. And they're going to have to get hot if they're going to win that division. And then the wild card teams, there's a lot of good teams in the American League. So I don't think it's a, a guarantee that they're going to get a wild card spot. It's going to be a tough goal, but they probably will get in there. They'll make some moves at the all-star break like they always do. But uh, this is going to be a fun year to watch this happen because the Met, the Yankee fans will uh, they'll lose their minds if they don't get in the playoffs this year. So that's my third story. My fourth story is a guy who I've always thought was a decent player in a great lineup. He wasn't going to carry your team, but he's a decent player in a great lineup. This year, he is carrying the offense of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that's Max Muncy. In April, he had 11 home runs and an insane 1.152 OPS. Um Muncie, I've seen him when he came up with Oakland, and then I've seen him, you know, move from part-time player to the full-time player he is now with the Dodgers. And I, 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 I thought he was a decent player, but I didn't know he was capable of carrying a team for a full month. If Muncie wasn't on this team, they wouldn't have been sixteen and thirteen in in April. They would have been. 12 and 17 in April, but Muncie, uh, he he spent April carrying this team on his back. And if the Dodgers do uh, come back and win this division, take it over, be dominant, they can thank Muncie for the month of April and them not getting buried in the division. Very good. I like that guy too. He's he's a terrific player. Well, uh, I, now I'm going to hit some of the players in the American League that ha- are worth paying attention to uh, my first one is Raphael Devers from the Boston Red Sox, their third baseman during the winter. Uh, the Red Sox let Xavier Bogarts go. I thought he was going to be a Red Sox for life. And he went down to San Diego and I was like, Oh man, San Diego's building this all-star team. Then Devers, I, I, I didn't know what they were going to do with him. And thank gosh, they signed him for a long contract. The fans were upset when the Bogarts left, but they're glad that Devers there. And I'm telling you what, it's supposed to be a bad year for Boston. You were looking at the line. We look, I mean, experts, yeah. us, we looked at the 
roster and we're like, well, man, this is going to be a last place finish. But right now they're in fourth place because the Yankees are in last. <laughs> Yay. Um, they're 21 and 15. And actually when I wrote this, they were tied for third with the Toronto Blue Jays. And, um, you know, they would be in first in most other divisions. And uh, they're hitting 255. He's hitting 255. Uh, uh, he's got uh, 11 uh, home runs and 34 RBIs. And he's leading, he leads the league in that. And he's in the seventh season. And he, to me, he's kind of like Jose Ramirez is to the Guardians. He's that to Boston. He's the leader. He's been there a long time. And uh, I, I think he's the face of the team myself. That's what I think. Yeah, and, I, would, uh, I would say that, yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to see him do good. And, uh, you know, Boston is a great organization. I'm tired of them beating our butt in the World Series here lately. But uh, but uh, I, I'm really pulling for Rafael Devers to continue, have a good year, and see the Red Sox be a, a contender this year. So, they didn't like what you did to them in 67. <laughs> we got to get one every once in a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's I, wanted, I wanted to focus um, on a – rookie a come a surprise player a pitcher and a closer for for the remainders and that's how i got eight so the rookie that i thought had a fantastic april um is james outman for the dodgers uh seven home runs a 985 ops uh, not quite the max muncie thing but did very well um I'm not sure he can sustain a great rookie season, um, but he's been fun to watch. I've seen him when we were in Los Angeles, and then I saw him again when they came to Chicago, and he he had good series in both both places. The Dodgers always seem to find these rookies who are major league ready. Uh, remember in the 80s when they had like uh, 34 Five. rookies of the years yeah. right in a row? Oh. Um, he looks like he's cut from that cloth, and he, uh, if he sustains, uh, he should be in the running for Rookie of the Year. Um, and parenthetically, let me just say, Jan Gomes just went deep, so now we're up five to three. Five three, okay, all right. Our defensive catcher. <laughs> I like Jan Gomes. I think he's been a solid player wherever he goes. I he's he's having an All Star type season, and uh, oh, I yeah, he's he's. He's a fantastic. We we've we've got good people on the team this year. You know, we're we're not Ball pulling Milton Bradley like we have in years past or Carlos Zambrano. You know, these these are good people, and Jan Gomes is is a good leader for the team. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> well, Cleveland uh, Guardians. Um, I just like the way they play. They're young, the youngest team in baseball, and they've got this reliever, Emmanuel Chase. And this guy's in his fourth season. He's one and two. His ERA is 208. <clears throat> That's solid. I mean, one and two is not great, but the ERA of 208, but he's got 11 saves. This guy comes in high pressure situations. The, in, the Guardians only have 15 wins. They're 15 and 18. And he's got 11 of the saves. And since April, he's got some more incredible. saves. Yeah, he's incredible. I love watching this guy. Uh, play. They got a good bullpen. They're going to be a competitive team against pretty much anybody they play. They just don't have the firepower of some of the other teams. They got some young guys with a lot of enthusiasm, and they give you everything they got. <clears throat> but I, I really like the way the Guardians play. Um, and he's, uh, and like I said, 11 saves out of 15. And uh, this guy's an all-star. 
a, a classic right there. So that's that's my story on him. Remember those great Cleveland teams in the mid nineties um, that had so much offense and the pitching they they would they would look like you had they had good pitching with like Charles Nagy and Oral Hershiser they'd win a lot of games but their ERAs were like three and a half to four you know yeah. and they'd get in the playoffs and they would lose it and in in ninety five I so wanted them to win the World Series against the Braves I really just wanted Cleveland to get the World Series and they didn't. And then in 2016, I thought if we lose the World Series, I would rather lose to Cleveland and at least somebody get their monkey off their back. But yeah. Uh, that was the one where Albert Bell was doing the muscle yeah. thing in the dugout. Yeah. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it's all pitching and defense. There's just not much firepower. I'm excited about my next player because we've brought him up and we're both big fans of him. Um, and this coincides with the with the Pirates' twenty and nine start in April. Andrew McCutcheon has come, and he's not just provided leadership, but he has been productive. An eight seventy seven OPS for a guy who is at the twilight of his career to be a big part of that offense with that start. It just it's it's a good story. And if you don't know much about uh, McCutcheon, uh, do a little homework on him. He really is one of the good people in baseball. He's always working with charity. Um, even when he has a bad call against him and he he's talks to the umpire, it's not a fit. He's just, you know, and then he, he's, he's just genuinely a, a, a nice player. And I hate to say that because you don't always know people like, uh, Oh, you got a, Oh, Kirby Puckett, who had this great reputation. Oh, yeah. Um, but after he passed away, we found out there was there was a lot of issues with him. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm just just uh, really happy that McCutcheon has come in to the team that he came up with, won a lot of games, won an MVP, and he's not the player he was, but he is putting up good numbers to get that team started. Very happy. And they've been doing that without O'Neill Cruz, who got hurt. Yeah. And uh, I, they had a kid, Keller, who pitched a complete game shutout, which we don't see very much these days. And it was McCutcheon and another guy that came out and poured water over him during his interview. And he's just really, I think, involved in everything. And those young guys look up to him. And uh, they got they got something going on, that's for sure, this year. Good, good for him. Well, my next story is on uh, pitcher Garrett Cole. The Yankees, uh, he, you know, he started out with the Pirates, and uh, I think he went to Houston, perhaps, yeah. and then he ended up with the Yankees. And usually, when some player signs a big contract, it's hard to live up to these big, huge contracts. But Garrett Cole's been everything the Yankees could hope for this year. He's five and zero with a one point three five ERA. Uh, he's in his eleventh season, and I tell you what, they usually send him out there against the other team's ace. He ain't getting no freebies. Uh, Forty six innings, fifty two strikeouts. That's outstanding. Only 14 walks and uh, seven quality starts, um, you know, and in his 11 years, he's only won 20 games one time. It's hard to win 20 games. And he's been around 19 a couple other times. Uh, I love watching this guy pitch. Um, I don't know. Sometimes when I, I'm, I'm kind of a, 
I like to see the Yankees lose. So sometimes when he does get rocked a few times, it brings a smile to my face. But uh, this guy is, I mean, he's as good as anybody in baseball and uh, he's worth watching. So he's one of the reasons the Yankees are still in it. Garrett Cole's pulled his end of the deal right there. Yeah, he's, he's kept them afloat. Mm-hmm. My starting pitcher that had a tremendous April, probably the best April um, in the National League, uh, but he had an ER. He has an ERA of about one point three since the All Star break last year. Is none other than the guy pitching for the Cubs tonight, uh, Justin Steele. In April, he's 4-0 with a 1.19 ERA. And what is amazing, he's a two-pitch pitcher. It's He's a left-hander. It's a fastball, and it's a slider. And he doesn't throw hard. He, he throws in the low. To, I think he maybe hit 94 with his fastball. But his arm slot is so consistent, even the right-handers have a hard time seeing the pitches come out of his hand. You, you see a lot of players um, – he, he's not striking out, you know, a ton of people. He strikes out, you know, probably about seven and a half per nine innings, which is not tremendously high these days. Uh, but you see a lot of people, you know, a lot of weak contact, people shaking their heads with these at-bats because you think with the two-pitch pitcher who doesn't throw extremely hard, you should be able to get your knocks against him. He's very difficult to square up. Uh, two of the hits that he's given up tonight have been little flares um, and, uh you know, he, he just doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. So uh, he, he's kind of flown under the radar and people are starting to notice him. Just the other day, I saw him, uh, the MLB thing. They had uh, the top 10 pitchers, starting pitchers. They had him at number 10. And I'm thinking, hey, number 10, the guy has thrown a sub 1.5 ERA since the All-Star break last year. This guy, this guy's pretty good. So uh, that's that's my starting pitcher. Oh man, congratulations! I'm glad he's doing good for y'all. I'm surprised we got three runs tonight. Because when I thought if we could just get him out of the game, maybe two to one, be down and get him out of the game, get in the bullpen, we have a shot. That was my hope for the game. Uh, all right, my final player for the American League. He's a, a player I loved. I, I was hoping the Cardinals could get him. He came up with the Oakland A's. Uh, he's a third baseman. And he's on Toronto now. His name's Matt Chapman. Everybody knows him. This guy, he's having an MVP kind of year. Now, it's just April, one month, but that's one month down, five to go. Uh, he's played in uh, 33 games. He's hitting a 352, and I believe that's leading the American League uh, right now. 17 doubles, five home runs, 21 RBIs, uh, 17 walks, and 35 strikeouts. Uh, he's third in fielding percentage right now uh, with a 974. Usually he's in the top three every year. Toronto's a good team. They ought to be there to the end. If this guy can stay healthy, he'll be a big part of that team. Uh, and I know on that team, when you think of the Blue Jays, you think of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and, and some of these other players, uh, Springer. But uh, Matt Chapman is as big a part of that team as any of those guys are as well. So Matt Chapman could be the MVP this year if he keeps this up. My final player is a closer. Uh, one of the uh, reasons that the Pirates got off to such a great start in April, David Bednar, uh, finished April with eight saves and a 0.75 ERA. Uh, a lot of people saw him pitch uh, in the World Baseball Classic. And I, who did he pitch for? I don't remember now. Uh, Pittsburgh, right? 
No, I mean in the world baseball. Oh, oh for, for the Americans, the USA. He did pitch for USA? Uh -huh. Okay. All right, yeah. Uh, but he's having a great year. Um, and he's actually been a – he was a good closer last year, kind of the kept secret because he's pitching at Pittsburgh. But now he's proven that, you know, he can he can close for good teams. There are some closers that just do not close for good teams because the pressure is a lot higher because the expectations are higher. And he's shown that he can handle the pressure of closing for a good team. So um wanted to throw him a little bit of sunshine and just say, hey, if you uh, catch a uh, Pirates game at the end of the game, check out David Bednar. He's got some nasty stuff. And Pittsburgh seems to have a closer uh, that they're going to have well into the future or at least another year when they trade him because that's just what Pittsburgh does. <laughs> that is true. JJ. Any, 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 uh, any score update? Do you have a score update for us? Uh, we are up five to two in the top of the fifth. Uh, uh, two outs, Arenado's up with a three-two count. Okay. All right. I, I have a story. Oh, please. New you bought 2020. We're updated. Wait a minute. There's a reason I have this ten dollar package of baseball. You got, big, you got the big one. I, I I I have ordered baseball cards from Amazon, and they they wasn't going to come in till later on this week. So and I that's okay. Baseball cards are out. I'll go to Walmart. I went to a few Walmarts, didn't have any baseball cards. There's plenty of basketball, hockey, there's soccer, Magic. every other sport there's plenty of. If we wanted to show Pokemon cards, could have done that, but nothing. So I thought Target, Target, they, they sell a lot of trading cards and stuff like that. Same thing, no baseball. So um, shout out to Dukes. Uh, uh, trading cards in uh in fenton okay I've, I've been there before and i went over there and i walked in and he said wait you need something i said yes i have to have a pack of baseball cards he said i don't think i got any because i said unopened pack he said i don't think i got any but you're kidding who is buying up all the big you're doing it jj yeah i got a closet full so anyway he said, oh, I've got a top series one, one of the fat packs. It's got like 30 to 35 cards in it. Um, it's $10. I said, I'll take it. So oh, I am not going to go through 30 cards. I'm going to take out a third over the next three weeks uh, or maybe, you know, split them up a little bit. But I'm only going to look at a third at a time because we don't need to say, and now number 29. <laughs> so I'm going to open this. Uh, Ooh, it's exciting. Yeah, and I am pulling out approximately one-third of the stack. Check the dollar store next time. I I think you got to get a little bit better deal at the dollar store. Sometimes they have them behind the counter back there on the wall. Like like Dollar General or Dollar yeah, Tree? I, I found them at Dollar General before behind in there, and uh, they have the smaller packs, too. Really? So those of you who've never seen me do comedy... Um, I used to be known as the Dollar General comic because that was my first set that ever really took off. And I got sick of being the Dollar General comic, so I quit doing the bit for a long time. So <laughs> they ought so to pay you. I got some jokes about that. Oh, I, I'm not 
<laughs> they don't want the kind of publicity I get. <laughs> these are these are really pretty cards. They are. They're beautiful. Yeah. Gallegos. Oh yeah. There you go. Hit nice. and miss Gallegos. I I will bet I don't have any Hall of Famers. Uh, I got Miguel Vargas for the uh, from the uh, Dodgers. Oh yes. Okay. Oh, Anthony Santander, Orioles. Oh, yeah. Up and comer. That whole team's yeah. a bunch of young, good players. Oh, Paul Seawald of the Mariners. And look at that mouth. Look oh, at that gaping man. mouth that he sings opera. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, pitcher for the Guardians, Nolan Jones. No, no, no. Don't know much about him. He uh, oh wait, he's not a pitcher. He's a belly itcher. Uh -huh. He had two forty four last year in All right. point. Not bad for a pitcher. Yeah, uh, up and coming player for the Diamondbacks, uh, Ketel Marte. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I think he's outstanding. He had a good year a couple of years ago. Here's a, here's a guy who's had a really good career. Uh, is Monty Grandel? Yes, he has. Been on a lot of teams. Yeah. He, he's a yeah. good player. And uh, for the Rays, uh, Yandy Diaz. Yeah, okay. I do know who that is. Uh, next generation, we got Toronto's young superstars celebrating. There they are. Oh, yeah. Hugging. Big victory. Awesome. Some, some bumping going on. Yeah. Uh, you had him last week, Alec Verdugo. Oh, yes. Red Sox. Very good player. I like him. Came up from the Dodgers organization. Here's a guy who's known for his hustling, Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> He's a hard worker. He's known so, to be on the DL, our injured reserve. He's always he seems to be injured. And here's one of the uh, pitchers for the Reds, Vladimir Gutierrez. Okay. Much about him. Oh, one of the World Series champions, Jordan Alvarez. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 And for the Dodgers pitcher Tony Gonsolin, he's had he's he's oh. been pretty decent for the Dodgers. So, I think he pitched in the All Star game last year for the Dodgers uh, for the National League. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, he did. He did. He was a lot of wins. Six. Yeah, he had the sixteen and one record. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. Something's going good when you're 16 and one. Well, I bought two packs of those big league baseball 2023. It's a top uh, subset or something or another, a little bit different. I opened them last week and I, I wasn't terribly impressed. You don't get many cards. And I think the regular series is better looking cards than these. So I hope I haven't got everyone out there in TV land all excited about the set. Um, for the Houston Astros, Yuri Gariel. There he is at first base. That's a good picture. I do yeah. like that picture right there. He's been in the league for a while now. You know, I think he's just become like a superstar in the last three years or something like yeah. that. But he's he's been uh, in the league for a while. Pitcher for the New York Yankees, the last place New York Yankees. Frankie Montas right there. Very good. Up. Very good right there. Uh, a guy who's been around a while, took him a while to become a superstar, but I do believe he is a superstar. There he is with the Dodgers, J.D. Martinez. 
And uh, I know he's with the Red Sox for a long time, too. Yeah. Red Very Sox. good player. Okay. They have these new uh, jerseys, the city uh, city jerseys. I know the Wrigleyville. You guys have the Wrigleyville yeah. one? Well, they have a card, and here is Mike Yaskrimski in the San Francisco Giant uh, City uh, jerseys right there. But uh, I like that card. I do. It's different. Yeah. Why are the Cardinals doing that? A lot of teams are doing that. Uh, every year, it seems like they pick five or six new teams to do it with, and I don't think they've made it to the Cardinals yet. So, okay. I've seen the Atlanta Brave ones. I do like the Atlanta Brave one a lot. Uh, I, it, it goes back to kind of the 70s Braves look, kind of. What I hope the Cardinals do when they do that is do just the St. Louis Browns uniform. I think that would be so cool. Oh, that would be cool with the brownie on the sleeve. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. I like that. Uh, here is a White Sox. Boy, there's a team that's struggling this year. A lot of talent, but they just can't aren't putting it together right now. It's a chrome card. Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. Right, right there, sitting on the bench. Yeah, he's right injured there. again. Oh, man. That guy cannot catch a break. Yeah. Uh, this guy, I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, plays a young kid that plays for the Angels, Otani. Future Cubs show you Otani. Yes. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Hey, he just passed up uh, Babe Ruth in strikeouts, career strikeouts. Wow. Yeah. It was Otani, Ruth, and then someone else I didn't even know pitched any. Um, Sisler from the Browns. You know, it was like 505, 503. And then Sisler had like a hundred strikeouts as a, I guess he came in and pitched when the game got out of hand or something like that. You know, uh, oh, go ahead. Um, that would be a good uh, spotlight. If I mean, either one of us can do it, but you know, being he played for the Browns because George Sisler was one of the greatest players of his generation that people don't know who he was because he played for the Browns. That is true. And he had the most hits in the season until Ichiro passed him. Yes, up. yes, he did. And uh, this guy, if you go through his stats, it's, it's like, whoa, this is one of the all-time great players. And he was. Um, you know what? Next time we feature a player, I'll do – if I'll, if it's okay, I'll do I'll do Sisler. Then. I think that would be interesting, yeah. Be fun. Yeah. I mean, when we did uh, – Dick Grote talked about him. I had no clue about his basketball, uh, Duke, and getting drafted by the Pistons. I never knew any of that. So – I, I learned a lot when we do those spotlights. Oh, let me tell you a story about Mike Shannon. Um, oh, please, yes. He, he he played football at CBC, Christian Brothers uh, College Prep in St. Louis. And I used to work for a guy, and his father went to school at CBC and graduated with Mike Shannon. Okay. And he said Mike Shannon was such a good football player. He would he would be running through the line because he was a running quarterback. He would push Lyman off of him. He was so big and strong and just laugh at them as he ran down the field. He had the football in one hand, knock someone down, just laugh. And I could just see Mike Shannon. <laughs> so I meant to bring that up last week and I forgot. So, anyway. Well, the, the coach at Mizzou, Dan Devine, I think, said that he thought he had a shot at winning the Heisman Trophy. He played enough in the in college. He played one season. If he played like his junior year, he might have won a Heisman Trophy. Uh, that's something just to be in that kind of thought process. How how good he was, you know. But uh, what an athlete! What a guy, Mike Shannon. Just love him. 
bring on more Mike Shannon stories. Got people out there listening. Send in some Mike Shannon stories if you have them. I, I, I just love stories about him. I got two more cards here. Here's another. Where Again, I'm heavy on the Boston Red Sox, but uh, Kenley Jansen right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he's Boston. having a pretty good year, too. Yeah, Is he? I kind of lost him in all the mix there. I haven't really seen much of the Red Sox this year. Uh, although this weekend we're going out to Boston. The Cardinals have a Boston. And then we hit the Brewers. So uh, it'll be tough. And finally, um, a guy come out of the blocks, had a good career, but he's still in the league. Uh, Syndergaard, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, he had to come out of the game the other day. He had a blister that started bleeding. They had to take him out of the game. But uh, anyway, he's he's played about uh, one, two, about seven years in the league. And uh, I wish him the best. He still has a job. He's still in the big leagues pitching. Still paying the bills. Still paying the bills. That's right. So, well, that's it for me. That's my cards. Well, JJ, I've had fun. Uh, oh, it's, it's always been a our blast. First, it's been our first podcast that the Cardinals and the Cubs are in the middle of a, a series, which is uh, exciting. That's and right. I'm probably going to promote this online saying, you know, that we get in a big fight and call each other bad names. <laughs> We're going to meet by the dumpsters and have a fight like we did in junior high or something like that. Road marker 213. It's kind of weird because uh, we're watching the game outside on uh, Kathy's laptop uh, last night. And, you know, she's a Cardinal fan. I'm a Cub fan. So, so it's a situation to where one of us will get excited and kind of go, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, and uh, when, uh, gosh, I think it was like the second inning when we had runners on second and third. And, uh, gosh, was it uh, Suzuki or He's I don't remember who, who they pitched around, but they pitched around to, to you know, I think, three and one count, you know, and Hosmer was coming up next. And I said, oh, they just walked him so Hosmer can run out to a little double play, which is exactly what he did. So I was I was thinking of you when that happened because you've been, you've been we, talking about him all year. We got rid of Jason Hayward, who I watched for so many years, just roll the ball over to second base and easy double plays, easy put outs. We got the very same hitter, except his name is Eric Hosmer. I will say this about uh, um, Hayward. He played cold glove defense every inning he was in the field. At least I made up for it. Osmer's definitely not a gold glover anymore. So. I think Hayward's kind of found, I hate to rub it in, but I think he's kind of rejuvenated himself uh, this year. He's, you know, when we, much better. I had heard that, but when we played him, he was only hit like 200. Oh really? Well, I, yeah. I see. I see highlights when I see the team he's on. He's usually the highlights every once. In a while. It's usually a defensive play, though. It is a defensive yeah. play usually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully the uh, Cubs, either the Cubs uh, continue holding on and we win, or hopefully that the Cardinals pull it out. Uh, at least nice someone's going to be happy at the end of this game. So, but thank you, and we'll see you next week. Good night.